Welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I'm your host, Ren Robbins, and I'm excited that you're here. This is the place where you will feel encouraged as I share with you my friends' God stories. Whether you are on your commute to work, folding the laundry, or taking me along with you on your walk, I pray that you will feel seen by God and be spurred on to honor Him with the gifts and talents that He has given you. Let's jump in. Well, welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I have a dear new friend on the show today. Her name is Jennifer Dukes-Lee. You probably have heard of her unless you've been living under a rock. She has an amazing new book called Growing Slow, and y'all are in for a treat today. I cannot wait to introduce you to her. Let me tell you a little bit about Jennifer. She has written several books The latest one I just mentioned, Growing Slow, and also the book, It's All Under Control. She and her husband, Scott, live on the fifth generation Lee family farm where they are raising crops, pigs, and two beautiful humans. So welcome to the show, Jennifer. This is so fun. Thank you for having me. This is great. I I think Jennifer is probably a little like surprised by me because when I emailed her, Uh, we had her publishing company put me in touch with her and I was so exuberant about her book. She was like down Simba, like calm down. (laughs) I was just like, I love your book. You you have to come on the show, please. And she said, yes, gratefully. I'm so grateful that you said yes. And I'm excited to have this conversation with you today. It's a lot of fun. And I've been looking forward to this very much. Your podcast, I uh, was checking it out. You've had You've been at this a while, girl. You've been podcasting a while. You've had a lot of amazing guests, so I'm pretty honored. Thank you. Well, it's it's all been a fun thing. I started in my dining room at our other house and then have, you know, promoted to my closet and then now in the dining room at my parents' house. It's full circle, you know? <laughs> That's great. So uh, we're going to dive in because your story starts a few years back and you write this in. I think the introduction, girl, let me tell you. And if y'all can see my book, I'm going to take a picture and put it on Instagram when this episode comes out, but y'all have to see my book. I have so many sticky notes tucked inside of so many pages and y'all know I like to write to myself and write to the author in my book. So there's a lot of boom and a lot of like, yeah, and a lot of, you know, little notes to Jennifer, even though she didn't know I was writing to her, but um, there were so many notes, even in the introduction. So that's when you know it's going to be a good book is when mm-hmm. you have a lot of notes to yourself or to, you know, the author uh, in the introduction. <laughs> so I want to just jump in because you grew up in Iowa. You grew up in that's right. a farm in this area and then moved to the city with your husband, mm-hmm. had kids, and then you are back in mm-hmm. the country, which I love. I tell people I love, I would love to go to the country, except I don't want to do all the work that goes with <laughs> living in the country. But uh, I want to know, um, you moved back to the country. Tell me a little bit about that, about growing up there and then moving away and then moving back. Yes. So I grew up in a little town about a hundred miles from here, grew up in the same house with the same neighbors the same people in church, you know, everything was the same. And I thought it was so boring. (laughs) I was always telling mom, I'm so bored. And um, I couldn't wait to get out of there. 
like, I am never coming back to small town, Iowa and went to university and graduated. And then I fell in love with a farmer, (laughs) (laughs) Whoops! but he didn't know he's going to be a farmer because he had big city dreams too. And he went to law school and graduated and got a great job in the insurance industry. And I was um, seeing my dreams come true in newspaper reporting. And then we wanted to start a family and we looked each other in the eye and we're like, we can't do this. Like we Mm -hmm. cannot run at this pace and sustain it and have our marriage survive first of all. And second of all, like having, bringing kids into this, like we wouldn't even see our kids the way that we were operating. So we decided to move back to the farm, which was even more remote than small town Iowa is like now we're literally in the middle of nowhere and you know miles from Target miles and miles <laughs> from a Starbucks I have to plan my grocery shopping like a week at a time so I'm like this is what we're having this week and I get all the groceries for a week I mean it's just crazy how different of a lifestyle it is and it took me a while honestly to except that this was my life because it did not match up with what my dream was, but here we are. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. What a change of life that you had. And then how funny and sometimes, you know, how funny it is and how God has a sense of humor to bring you back even more. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay. So let, let's go to the, the first part of your introduction where you, in your book, Growing Slow, you talk about, there was a time when you um, ended up in a doctor's office and what did he say to you that day? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's interesting that I would even end up in a doctor's office from being living a hurried existence because people think, oh, you're on the farm. Everything is slow. And, you know, you just have this peaceful Hallmark Channel existence. But the fact is, even though I wasn't in that city job and running at that city pace, there's something that can happen inside of a person that feels like hurry. And it's the way that you feel when your feet hit the floor and you feel like I'm already behind or something's missing, like this just dissatisfaction. And like, I always need to be doing more and proving myself and all these things. So This all led me to a doctor's office because I had all kinds of physical problems like aches and pains and not sleeping well and um, digestive issues and all this stuff. So they did a lot of tests, lots of medical tests. And he said, I have some good news for you. There is nothing like you don't have cancer. You don't have, you know, all of these things that they were checking for. You don't have any of that stuff. That's the good news. And I'm like, well, what's the bad news? And he's like, well, the other is that I have more good news for you. And, and the good, good news is that um, this is inside of you. The cure is an inside job. You are stressed out and this is caused by stress. And I'm like, no, this is not caused by stress. I know stressed out people and I am not one of those people. This is the way I roll. I was so sick. I didn't even realize it. Wow. And so at some course, some, or at some point in that, um, my interview with him or my consultation, sorry, my consultation with him, uh, he used the word hurry sickness and it kind of registered, but kind of didn't. When I got home, I consulted my second favorite doctor in the world. And you might know this doctor, Dr. Google. And (laughs) (laughs) 
I yeah. uh, typed in hurry sickness and I ticked all the boxes, like all of the things. I'm like, yeah, I have, I have hurry sickness. I have a hurried heart and I have got to do something about it because it's affecting how I feel physically. It's affecting how I feel mentally. It's affecting my relationships and it's affecting my spirituality. Like God was coming last, you know, it's like, I don't have time for the Bible. I got to get this stuff done. And this feeling of constantly running out of time, I wasn't taking time to really appreciate my life or to appreciate my relationship with the Lord. And so something had to change. Hmm. Oh, there's so much in there that I want to, what I want to go to, but how, what the inside, what I'm thinking and what I'm hearing you say is what the inside, how much it affects. It affects mm-hmm. everything. Yes, it It's does. our relationship with God, relationship with others, mental, physical, emotional, all of that. Wow. And so when you went to Google, as we all do, <laughs> I mean, like that's just where we go. And you saw hurry sickness. What were a couple of the traits that it said that you were like, oh, I have that? Well, some of the symptoms um, physically, and this is actual trauma to the body. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not like, you know, you go to Mayo Clinic necessarily necessarily, and get a diagnosis of hurry sickness, but it actually has effects on the body and related to your cortisol levels and your adrenaline levels that are woo sky high the moment you wake up. And yeah. it's like you're in constant fight or flight mode and you never really come down from it. And so- it's almost like having an addiction to speed, to speed and hurry and getting things done and an addiction to hustle and the way that makes you feel. And this showed me that I was not a limitless person, that I wasn't made just to be productive, um, that I was viewing my life in terms of output and productivity. And it wasn't just those things that were on my calendar which I think some people think, well, you, the way you get rid of hurry sickness or the cure is just say no to more things or do less in a day, but that's not really it. And we know that because a lot of us had a, a hurried heart when our calendars were whited out um, with COVID. Like we woke up and we still felt that way. And it has nothing to do with what's on the calendar. A lot of times it has to do with what's on the inside. It's the way that you feel an urgency to get things done the way that um, you feel with unexpected delays or obstacles to your work, Um, the way that you feel like I'm working harder than ever, but I don't really feel like I'm getting ahead. Uh, Periods of slowness actually make you feel uneasy. Like I I should be doing something productive right now. So there there are all these little things that add up. It's, it's everything from how productive you feel in life to how you feel when you're in a long line at target, that hurried feeling. And I got to check my phone. I got to look at my email and what am I missing? And mm. you're just kind of up here all the time. Um, my friend Artie Sakira says, it's like being chased by a pack of lions. And uh, it's so true. It's like being chased by a pack of lions, but you're not, you're not being chased. It just feels like it. Wow. So how do you go from that to growing slow? That, that is, that is all what your book is about. You said it's not a how-to book. It is definitely a switch of your mindset. It is a mindset switch. So how do you do that? Right. So the book really lays out the philosophy of growing slow, which is 
has to, that's the foundation. It's the framework. It's, you have to buy into this idea or it's never going to work. So I spend 55,000 words in a book (laughs) describing how you do that. Like how you stop chasing that life down. That's the thing that I think we make this mistake that to get the life we want, we have to chase that life down. And that's what we see. It's the go big, go home mentality. But in order to get the life that we want, we don't chase that life down. We slow that life down. And that is very countercultural because we think we're going to lose our edge. We're going to lose our job. (laughs) We're going to lose our ability to get things done. Um, It used to annoy me to no end when people would say, Jennifer, you just need to slow down. Like, no, you don't know my life. I can't slow down. So I thought for years I couldn't afford to slow down. And then I realized I I can't afford not to. And there are all kinds of practical things that people can do. Like even starting today, as you listeners are, are listening to this, like how does this actually work? There are little things that you can do every day by adopting slow habits into your life. So the first one that I adopted was actually uh, in regard to how I eat, lunch and breakfast. Now at supper time, our family generally all sits down, but when it's just me at home, uh, lunch looks like standing up and checking my email at the same time or skipping meals or just eating it as quickly as I can so I can get back to work. So what I began to do is actually sit down while I eat, to eat slowly and actually taste the food. Um, That serves two practices. It gives me a chance to just breathe and be a human person instead of a machine. And it also helps me to appreciate uh, the gifts that God gives us. So he could have made it so that we fuel our bodies like with the pill that we take every morning. And then we just carry on and we can get our work done. But for whatever reason, God gave us taste buds and he gave us all kinds of flavors to enjoy. And when we are rushing through meals, we're not really taking the time to enjoy what God decided was good and was beautiful. And so I I have learned that that is a huge slow practice that has helped me to grow slow. Another one that I think people can try that this is so hard. I know it's so hard, but don't look at your phone for like the first five to 10 minutes of waking up. Allow yourself to just be, you know, just be present with your breathing. Just be present with God, whatever that looks like for you. Put your feet on the floor and breathe and set the tone for the day. Welcome the day. Decide what you want that day to look like and feel like and be paced like, because if we open our phone immediately upon waking, we're letting our calendar dictate the tone of our day. We're letting um, what we saw on Facebook dictate the tone of our day or an email that seems quite urgent. If you prepare yourself and welcome the day, you're already creating a slower way of being and moving into the day. So, I mean, those, those are just two, I have lots of habits of the unhurried that I talk about on my Instagram and there's, there's some sprinkled throughout the book. And then I have a Bible study that has some biblically based practices for growing slow in it as well. Well, I love how you said the word beautiful, that it allows the beauty. And you said in your book, I'm going to quote, you said that the hurt, that hurry is the enemy of beauty. 
That's beautiful right there. So tell us a little bit about that. How is hurry the enemy of beauty? So for instance, I live in an area of the world that, you know, I think if you live here, you think it's like not all that beautiful, you know, fields and, and sameness and, and, you know, here's a field of cows, here's a field of corn, here's a field of soybeans. And then on repeat cows, corn, (laughs) soybeans, but if I take the long way home, or if I walk slowly around these country roads, I notice beauty. If I am hurrying past my yard or the flowers in the ditches, or the way that the cows turn to look at me when I walk slowly by their fields, it's beautiful and Mm -hmm. it's fun and it's interesting. And we pause to capture sunsets and we pause to taste our food and we pause to really look people in the eye. All of these things are beautiful things and they're gifts from God. But if we're going 60 miles an hour past everything in our cars and in our minds and and, uh, letting worry kind of drive the ship, so to speak, we're not seeing all of this beauty that God creates, not, not just in the natural world, not just in the ditches and not just in the flowers, but beauty in people, beauty in food, beauty in uh, the color of a sky, beauty inside of a book, beauty in uh, taking time to like, just take a bubble bath, beauty in a simple thing, like turning on Netflix with your husband at night. And just like, this is our date. We're, this, this is beautiful. We're going to slow down together and we don't have to complicate it. We just got to stop running. Do you see your life dramatically different from when you went to that doctor's office? Yes, I do. And I think that people are surprised to hear how, and when they look at my life, they don't think it seems slow uh, because I actually get a lot done. It did not hurt my productivity. That's, that's mm. interesting to people. Growing slow is actually my superpower. So um, I am a book author and I am a speaker and I'm doing ministry every day out on Facebook and Instagram, but I'm also a farm wife actively doing things out here in our little corner of Iowa. I'm a mother of two beautiful daughters and I am a part-time acquisitions editor for Baker Publishing Group. So I acquire books and work with authors to bring their books to completion. And so people look at that and think, how are you doing all those things? It's because I'm growing slow and I actually enjoy all those things. I have limits, five o'clock, done. Like people will want me to do things at night or, um, you know, be on, the, be on a podcast where, that's recorded at night or a Facebook live at night. No, this is my boundary, done at five. Um, I don't multitask because I can't do any one thing well if I have 10 tabs open. So like when I'm talking to you on this podcast, I am fully 100% here. It would be a terrible interview if I was over here also like answering emails or checking my Instagram. The same is true for anything. Mm. I, I batch my work and focus on one thing at a time and do it well. And at the end of the day, I feel like I was productive. That was a good day. And I'm ready to do to get back at it tomorrow because of the limits that I've set in place and because of the pace with which I um, move through my work. So I, I think that people find that surprising that, that growing slow can actually be a superpower. 
but that's not the way I used to operate before. Every boundary was negotiable. Self-care was on the back burner. My own soul was an afterthought. Um, I, you know, hurry says to you, exercise and doctor's appointments. You don't have time for those. Uh, but slow says, go get a mammogram, get things checked out. Uh, hurry says that, um, you know, God is a God of grace. So you don't really need to read the Bible. You could do that later, like when you get older or something like that. But slow says you will enjoy and learn and grow by spending time with God today. So there's just, there's so many ways, like literally every aspect of life truly can be slowed down without losing your edge. Mm. And you make it sound so uh, appetizing and all the things talking about, you know, the, the slow life. And I love how you say, and the things that you're saying, they're very simple, but they're yeah. so profound. They really are. And if we look at our lives and say, that's, oh, that's simple. That, but are we doing it? Are we putting it into practice? That's when it becomes profound. And that's when it's, you know, important. And, and I love also that you said boundaries. Mm-hmm. Man, are we hard with boundaries? <laughs> I think we just are. And so I think having boundaries that they're non-negotiable. That's right. That's huge. That's huge. Most people have boundaries. They just don't mm. keep them. Mm. And I am uh, often on repeat on Instagram and Facebook saying, respect the good boundaries that you already have. You have them for a reason, but there other people that want something from you aren't going to keep your boundaries for you. They're going to push them. The only person really that is going to be able to protect your boundaries is you. The only person that can protect my boundaries is me. And the, the one that's going to hurt from the breaking of the boundary is me. And then of course, the people that are closest to me that feel the ripple effects from my ineffective boundary keeping. Mm, wow. Yeah. Okay. So what is the one thing that you want people when they get your book, because y'all all need to get her book, like really go get her book. Uh, what would you want them to know before reading? That it is possible um, that this is not, uh, look, I know how irritating it is to be told that you've got to slow down. And I think that is often a barrier for people in picking up growing slow. They think that's good for somebody else, but it's not possible for me. But I would just say, give it, give it a chance. Try these things. Habit stack with these slow habits, these slow habits that I'm telling you about and see if it doesn't make a difference. But the other thing that I would want them to know for sure is when I wrote growing slow, I thought about the things that I was growing in my life and how those things will grow slowly. And it was all about the seeds that I was planting. So the seeds I'm planting in my children, they're, my children are slow grown and I need to just have patience. Um, my business and my ministry and my platforms, all these things will grow slowly. And uh, that's how it's going to be deep rooted, sustainable growth is grown slowly. What I didn't think about until I was well into the writing of this book is not just about what I'm growing, it's what God is growing in me. I am God's field. It says in uh, one of Paul's letters to the Corinthians, you are God's field. 
So that means that a lot of what's happening here are the seeds that God is planting in us. He brought us here as babies. We did not have our maturity intact, not our spirituality, not our intelligence or any of those things, but that we ourselves are fields being tended by a loving father. And that helps me in my life to think about that and to, to use the analogy of a field. You know, if I, I, I think about the times when I've been planted um, and I'm a seed buried in a dark place. And I mean, if I was a corn plant, I would be totally freaking out. Like, how come everybody, is everybody else growing? Are you all <laughs> down under here, uh, under the ground too with me? But I have never once seen a corn plant freaking out. They just <laughs> grow. They, they just grow and they always do. And the same is true of us. So this writing growing slow was in itself a gift to my own person to just see myself as being tended by the hands of God. And I would hope that for anybody who reads it. I love that you said that and that you uh, look at it as, uh, as we are a field. And in your book, you talk about the different seasons in the different seasons of growth, the spring, summer, autumn, and then winter. And so I wanted to ask you, winter is the time when we think, oh, nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. I think you've talked about how winter can be a gift. How is it a gift for you? Right. So I haven't viewed winter as a gift. I'm new to the idea that winter Mm -hmm. is a gift. Um, Literal winters here in Iowa are very cold, very dreary, very icy, windy, miserable. And I don't think that anybody I know says, I am really looking forward to a winter season of the soul. (laughs) (laughs) Like, no, we don't want that. But when I look out on what the land teaches me, one fourth of the whole growing season here on the farm is winter. So if the farm needs winter to heal the land, maybe I do too. If fields need rest, maybe Jennifer does too. Maybe Ren does too. And so it's a gift in that it gives us an opportunity to not have our hand to the plow all the time. And that can be a hard word to hear in our culture because we tend to be plant, grow, harvest, plant, grow, harvest. Let's keep going. One more thing. One fourth, again, one fourth of a growing season on a farm is in winter. And so what does that mean for us? And my husband uh, taught me something about the healing power of winter And he he says that there's all kinds of things that are happening under the soil that make the plant, the seed bed, a healthier place to plant a seed come spring. And the same is true of us, that there's all kinds of things that are happening inside and under the surface when we allow God to do that sort of healing work inside of us. That's great. That's great. Tell us where we can find your book, Growing Slow, and where we can find you online. You can find me at Jennifer Dukes Lee anywhere that you like to be online. Um, even TikTok. No, don't don't check me out on TikTok. You don't want to check uh, me out. Yes. I don't want to. I totally want to check you out. I am on TikTok. I I yes. honestly am on TikTok, but I love Instagram, and I would love okay. to connect with y'all on Instagram. And um, you can find the book at GrowingSlowBook.com or wherever you like to get your books. If it's Amazon or a Christian bookstore in town, ChristianBook.com, pretty much anywhere books are sold. 
And it's an, an incredible book. I cannot say that enough, y'all. <laughs> I cannot say it enough. <laughs> it is an amazing book that is teaching me how to grow slow because I can feel that hurry sickness. I could, I could probably relate to that in more ways than one. So I really appreciate you writing this and, and I'm grateful for it and grateful for you, Jennifer, to come on the podcast today. It's been really fun, really good to talk to you. All right. So before we leave, we've got one minute left. Can you tell me what you're eating, reading and loving? Okay. So eating garden produce. We're just at the tail end of all the yummy garden produce. I'm going to miss it so much. I just treasure every, every tomato, every cantaloupe, every watermelon, every bit of sweet corn. I've just been sitting down and and eating it slowly and loving it. Oh yeah. (laughs) And no, we just had a few of the watermelons. We can't get enough. Like they, I can't get enough of them and y'all have them in your, I mean, in your garden, correct? Well, the, our garden is, um, done. It's, we don't have anything more growing right now. Everything that we is harvested out, but we have a neighbor who brings stuff to church so we, we go to a little country church and he always brings just, he just sits it out in the courtyard. And so we just all grab it. So oh, that's just amazing. Kind of, you know, it's just kind of fun rural life that way. So we just share each other's garden produce and we love it. <laughs> that's awesome. That's the best. That's a, definitely a perk for living in the country. That's for right. sure. <laughs> okay. So what are you reading? I always like to ask my guests, what are they reading? So one thing that I have to make this book recommendation, even though it's something I've already read and I know okay. you had her on the podcast. Oh, good. Jeannie Cunyon's book, Don't Miss Out. Yeah. I was the acquisitions editor for that book. Oh, neat. I didn't know that. I worked with um, Jeannie on that book and I continue to return to its pages. I think it's just a remarkable book. What I'm actually listening to right now while I'm walking, I I walk my country roads every day, is um, Braiding Sweet Grass. Oh. And that's really good. Um, Okay. uh, Written by an indigenous. author and it's uh the the subtitle on it is indigenous wisdom scientific knowledge and the teachings of plants by robin wall kimmerer it's so good hey okay i've got it written down i'll put that in the show notes yeah that's great okay all right now what are you loving these days oh i am loving my walks Oh my gosh. I have, I have extended, I started walking just a mile a day. It was a slow practice. And then I started walking two miles a day and now I'm walking four and five miles a day. And it has been just so life-giving and winter is going to be here before we know it. And I won't be able to do that anymore. So I'm just taking advantage of this beautiful fall that we have and walking our country roads four to five miles a day. Wow. That's incredible. That is a challenge for all of us. I started walking last week and it's amazing how much just a little small walk will do, but four or five miles, I bet you just can't get enough, right? Yeah. It's and so if I'm good. listening to braiding sweetgrass or worship music, or even if I have nothing in my ears and I'm just listening mm. to nature, it's, I love it. I love it. Mm, that's great. Uh, thank you so much. This was so life-giving talking about life-giving this conversation was life-giving for me. And I want y'all to go grab her book and then find, uh, connections with Jennifer on Instagram and Facebook and maybe TikTok. And, uh, y'all go look at that in the show notes at renrobbins.com. But again, Jennifer, thank you so much for coming on the show today. This was a treat. It was really, really good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me for today's show. For more encouragement, 
hop on over to Instagram at Friends of a Feather Podcast. I would love for you to send me a direct message and say hi. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode. Remember, we are all friends of a feather, so let's stick together. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time. Bye, friends.